You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. So one of my favorite parts of being a student pastor, (laughs) that was funny sounding, wasn't it? One of my favorite parts of being a student pastor was that we would go to camp every year. And I loved being a part of camps. Uh, Camps were so much fun to me. Uh, the interaction with the students. I love the recreation time because we get to play games together and I was always a little competitive, which was a good thing because our church always won. We made sure that happened every year at our rec time. But, you know, we loved throughout the week. But my favorite moment of camp was always the last church group time. So what you would do at a typical camp is that you have an evening service and then after the evening service, you go to what you call church group time. So you go worship with everybody there and then you'll break off into go into one of your side rooms and, and, and just talk as a church group, right? Like knowing what's going on in each other's heart and you're sort of working through it. So my favorite time was that last church group time. So you've experienced everything all week, the, the morning services, the evening services, the rec time, all the fun together. And then you come to this last moment. And it's a moment where you're reflecting on what God has done But then you also know that the reality is tomorrow we get back in a bus and we go back home. So there's this tension between reflecting and remembering all that God's done and and how do we move forward from here. Well, what I want us to do as a church family today is I want to take you back to church group time. So I want us to picture today that we're all on the Thursday night after camp church group time setting, okay? Now, I know for some of you, this is going way back for you to go back to, to, the, to the student ministry days, but let's all go there together. We've been together all week long. We've heard the word, right? We've enjoyed life together. We've eaten together. And now we're sitting around as a church group and we're just talking about what God has done and what does it mean for us to move forward? So as I thought about what God has done, I thought about Bob's message that he brought the first Sunday of October where he talked about the priority of the partnership in ministry, in in missions. And he took us to the book of Philippians and he walked us through the book of Philippians and the importance of ministering together uh, with missionaries, partnering with them to advance the cause of Christ to the ends of the earth. Then the next Sunday, we had several missionaries speak. If you remember, we had Phil Long, who brought the message at the 830 service. And his question for us was, what is the business of the church? And he reminded us that the business of the church is evangelism, seeing people come to know and to follow Christ. And then Phil, or uh, Keith Gandy, spoke at the 10 o'clock service, and He reminded us of what is the most important thing that we can invest our life in. And he talked about the souls of men. And he took us to the passage of scripture that says that the the Lord says to the man, tonight your soul will be required of you. The man had a lot of riches, but he didn't have Jesus. He didn't have the right thing. 
And he reminded us the most important thing we can invest our life in is, is the souls of men. And then Justin Rhodes, our missionary to England, spoke at the 1130 service. And he talked about this one definition and really was the summation of his message was missions is carrying the light of the gospel into darkness. Just a simple statement. And his whole message was wrapped around that idea that that's simply what missions is. Missions is carrying the light of the gospel into darkness. And then last Sunday, we had Ken Lyles here who brought a message about the importance of this idea of faith promise giving. And he talked about the reason it was important because there's an urgent need. Billions of people without the knowledge of Jesus Christ that need to hear that. Men and women in prison that need to hear of the hope of the gospel. And so there's this urgent need. And when we give to faith promise, it also shows fruit in our lives. That we're living out what we say we believe. And he talked about how it blesses others and it blesses ourselves. And so we come to today and sort of wrapping up this, all, this whole three weeks that we've heard about different topics, different missions, how this works in our lives. And now we come to this moment where it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Like next Sunday, we're back in the book of Exodus. Quote, life can just go back to normal, right? We've done the missions month. We focused on that. How do we go from here? Well, as I began to think about that question and process it in my mind, I thought about our Exodus series, actually. And I thought about what God, what Moses said to God in Exodus chapter 3 in verse 4 when God appeared to him in the burning bush. Remember this story, and again, it's been a few weeks, so it's okay if you've forgotten. But it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, that's the burning bush, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, what did Moses say? Here I am. Now I thought to myself, is this just sort of God etiquette that when God speaks to you, you say, here I am. Like growing up, I know some of this is going to blow your mind for some of you, but growing up, we had phones that were connected to walls that were connected to cords. And so your parents would teach you phone etiquette. So I can remember as a small kid, my mom and dad would say, Steve, you don't say, hey, or hello when you answer the phone. When you pick up the phone, you say, DOS residence, Stephen speaking. You know how many years it took me to get that down? Like I stuttered through that for so many years. It's like, can I just say this is Stephen, you know, or something. But it was like, DOS residence, Stephen speaking. So it's like, is this just sort of God etiquette? Like when God says your name, you just say, here I am, right? Is it saying hello, that idea? But as I began to study it, because in the Hebrew, it's only one word. So in our, it's translated here, I am, in, in our language, but in the Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in, it's actually only one word. And what I found is that a, several people that God used, used this phrase. So Abraham, we know about Abraham, and God comes to Abraham and he says, I want you to sacrifice your son. But when he comes to Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1, It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and what did Abraham say to God? Here I am. After that, God goes on and says, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to sacrifice your son. 
And so Abraham's obedient to God and he goes to sacrifice his son and he puts him up on the altar and he's about to kill his son. And then in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 11, the angel of the Lord calls to him from heaven and says, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham says, here I am. Responds to God with that one word of, of here I am. Jacob responded the same way in the Old Testament. He's wanting to move away from his father Laban, his father-in-law Laban. And so in Genesis chapter 31 and verse 11, the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream and calls his name Jacob. And what does Jacob say to the Lord? Here I am. He, he follows the, the Lord's leading, leaves his father-in-law Laban and goes back to his land He's been in his land for a long time, and we know the story of Joseph. Joseph is getting sold into slavery to Egypt. He comes back to his dad, and now Joseph is saying, Dad, I want you to come with me to Egypt, which is where we find ourselves in the story of Exodus. So he's coming back with me, and Jacob's like, I'm not sure this is the right thing to do, but look at how the Lord speaks to him. God spoke to Israel. That's Jacob in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And how did Jacob respond again? Here I am. So we've seen Moses has responded, here I am. Abraham has responded, here I am. Jacob has responded, here I am. And we're just in the first two books of the Bible. But then you find in 1 Samuel, that Samuel the prophet, as he's being called to be a prophet, that the Lord comes to him in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 4. And the Lord calls to Samuel and Samuel says what? Here I am. Isaiah the prophet is having this encounter with God in Isaiah chapter 6 and he sees the glory of God and he's overwhelmed. He falls on the ground and says, I am unworthy even to be in your presence. And the Lord says to him in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then Isaiah says what? Here I am, send me. So you got Moses and Jacob and Abraham and Samuel and Isaiah then you come to the New Testament, you come to the book of Acts and God is moving in a powerful way and he saves this guy by the name of Saul who was a terrorist of the church and wanted people killed and he saves him and radically changes his life and God appears to a guy by the name of Ananias in Acts chapter 9 and verse 10 and he says to him in a vision, Ananias, and how does Ananias respond? Here I am, Lord. This one word, captured the heart of so many of those who encountered God. Here I am. This one word was, it's, it's a word that was complete and full of emotion. It was saying, I'm available, I'm ready. So to say, here I am, is to say we are available for your service. That's what it is to say, here I am. So Moses said, here I am. And then God goes on to say, this is what you're going to do. Abraham says, here I am. And then God says, take your son. He comes to him again. Here I am again. Thank you for saving my son, right? He comes to Jacob and Jacob says, here I am. And God takes him out from underneath his father-in-law's mistreatment. Then he comes to God again, and God comes to him again. He says, here I am, I'm available for your service. And he says, I want you to go all the way to Egypt with your son. It's just them saying, I am available to you when they say, here I am. So this seems like a proper response to God 
when he comes and he works in our midst, that we would say to him as a church family, here I am. We are available to you for your service. But see, I think we have a trouble in saying here I am to God because we like to add a conjunction to the end of the statement here I am. We like to say here I am, but don't ask me to do something radical. Here I am if you will do this for me. Here I am when I get older, when my bank account is just the right place that it's supposed to be. Here I am, and then we add a conjunction when God is calling us as a church family to say, here I am, end of the sentence. I am available for your service. This is how Paul put it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I appeal to you therefore brothers and sisters by the mercies of God to what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship which is your reasonable service could be translated. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying we as a church family should present ourselves to God as they did in the Old Testament and as Ananias did in the New Testament and simply say, here I am. Here we are. We are available for your service. That's what it means to present your bodies a living sacrifice is that we're saying to God, we are available to you. We saw this last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5 that before they gave of their money, the Bible says, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So, where are we at as a church? Well, I think we're at a place where we need to answer this question Are we willing to say, Here I am to God? I'm available for your service. I think if you were to talk to Amber two or three years ago and said, would you imagine that you would be working in a prison with men and women? She probably didn't have that on her radar. radar. But what she did have on her radar two or three years ago was, here I am. I know her heart well enough to know that's how she was available. Here I am. I'm available to you, God, for your service. How did Rachel Tarvin end up in Cusco, Peru? It wasn't just this one moment, magical moment, right, that she, all of a sudden, I'm going to Cusco, Peru. It was a series of just, here I am. If you talk to people that knew Rachel when she was a teenager, that's how she lived her life. She lived her life with just the mentality of, here I am, God. Use me. I'm available to your service. So church, are you, am I, willing as a church family to just say to God, here we are. We're available for your service. We don't know what that looks like after the statement, but we trust you. And we know that could look like some of us end up going to the prison month after month, week after week for a long time. 
That could look like for some of you just getting out of bed in the morning and loving your little kids really, really well and making sure they're fed and their diapers are changed and they get hugs and kisses and you tell them you love them and you're proud of them and you're so glad that they're, that could be I'm available to God as much as being available to God to go to Cusco, Peru. Because all we're saying to God is I'm available for your service. Will you use me? And that's what I'm inviting you to do today. So I want you to stand with me. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to end the prayer inviting you to say yes with me. Because I desire that we as a church family say to God, here we are. We're available to your service. And if you agree with me, at the end of the prayer, say amen with me. All right? Father, as I studied this statement of here I am, it's, it's just pretty neat how throughout the hundreds of years that people who made themselves available to you would use this same word of here I am. And so I think thousands of years later, it just would be right for us as your people to say the same thing to you. And so, Lord, on behalf of our church family today, I say, here we are. We are available for your service. In Jesus' name, and we said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.